Here at The Longest Shortest Time, we know you got problems. You can't get your kid to eat their broccoli. You can't get them out the door with their shoes on. You can't get your teenager to tell you anything. Enter our show's creator and executive producer, Hilary Frank. For an upcoming episode, we need you guys to send in your baby problems or teenager problems, anything in between. And then Hillary's going to be answering your questions using answers from other parents. The advice is all coming from her upcoming book, Weird Parenting Wins, available now for pre-order. There are 400 strategies in this book, and they all come from you guys. So you're pretty much helping each other here. To send us your problem, email hello at longestshortesttime.com, or there's a contact form on our website. It doesn't matter how frivolous these problems are. I bet you another parent has cracked the code, and Hillary can tell you how to make your life just a little bit easier. Okay, now on to the show. I realized one day that I started to detect a smell. Jonathan's wife, Molly Ann, she smelled it too. This was about four years ago that this happened. And it's the one-story house, except we had a bonus room over the garage and it was a playroom and we honestly didn't go up there all that much. I didn't necessarily think there was a problem in that specific room until it didn't go away after a week or two. This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Andrea Salenzi and for today's show, in honor of Halloween, we are talking to parents about the scariest thing they've encountered since having kids. And guys... It's not just coming from inside the house. No, 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 no. Way scarier than that. A dirty diaper smell that lingered. When you live with multiple kids, diaper smells can just sort of take over the house, no matter where in the house they are. It's coming from inside the diaper. Sometimes it travels outside the diaper when it shouldn't. Today on the show for our Halloween special, delightful stories about when parenthood isn't all poops and giggles. Sometimes it's just a lot of poop. It can really stink. And we got this idea, poop horror stories, from you guys. We have a Facebook group for dads who listen to our show. And for every dad sharing something stinking cute from their dad life, There's usually another dad posting about something that is just stinking. And these stories are the shit. So, without further ado, do. Here is our first horror story from Jonathan and Molly Ann, who at the time of the story lived with their two kids outside of Atlanta. When we left them, they were smelling something a lot like a diaper coming from their kids' playroom. I realized that I was going to have to do some investigating. I'm not a very DIY person, so I was hoping it wasn't going to be something like a water leak or some sort of home repair. But I started investigating around behind the furniture, looking for leaks coming out of the ceiling or anything. And that's when I found it. (laughs) I first discovered just a couple little tiny pieces right at the bottom corner of the TV stand in the carpet. And I thought, oh, that's when I first thought it was some sort of a rat or chipmunk or something. And so I started to 
clean those up and they were small pellet like they were about the size of maybe peanut M&Ms <laughs> but they weren't fresh they were they were pretty pebbly and and so i realized this has been the smell so then I had to move the TV stand back away a few more inches from the back of the wall. And that's when I discovered that, oh, it's not just two or three. There were probably 25 or 30 pellets of poop that were back there. It was basically a treasure pile of poop that had been piling up behind a TV cabinet in our bonus room upstairs. It looked like some sort of family of rats maybe had been using this as a, as a hideout. It was sizable. It would have filled up a, a plate probably <laughs> if, I had, if I had presented it that way. So it was gross. What kind of animals were going through your mind at this point that could do this? A rat, a squirrel, a possum. I have had to throw a couple possums over our fence before. It was not dog poop. And I know that our dog at the time did not do that. It didn't fit her profile. (laughs) It had been there for a while. I just sort of cleaned it up and tried to figure out various theories as I was just kind of scraping away behind that TV stand back there. (laughs) But by the time I finished cleaning it up, I had decided this was not an animal. I was in the living room, and so he came down and was he looked serious and kind of stunned and he said there is a giant pile of poop pellets behind the tv cabinet and i think i was pretty speechless at first like what do you mean and then he showed me the picture i took a picture of it because i didn't want her to actually have to get you know up close and personal with it and i said honey i think this was our daughter (laughs) I think our two-year-old has been stashing her poop for weeks right under our noses upstairs. She would not have been potty trained yet, but she was always the kind of person that could have sort of taken matters into her own hands, quite literally, in something like this. She was the type of toddler who, when you told her not to do something or like, don't touch the stove, she would look at you with this gleam in her eye, like, Ooh, now I get to see what she does when I touch it again. Just always looking for mischief. Well, always scheming. Yes. Yeah. So Jonathan said, I've got to go tell her big brother what we just found. Why do you want to tell him so bad? He is such a rule follower and such a buttoned up kid, even at that age, that to hear that one of his siblings would have done something like this would just be so unthinkable to him, so absurd <laughs> that he he would find it too funny. So I walked into his bedroom and I checked to make sure he was still awake and he was. And so I sort of slid up and knelt down by his twin bed and I said, buddy, you are not going to believe what I just found. And, and he says, what? I said, your sister has been pooping and hiding her poop behind the TV cabinet upstairs for weeks. And there was no reaction. I said, did you hear, did you hear what I said? She's been hiding her poop upstairs for weeks. There's tons of it back there. I may have even shown him the picture and, and he's just sort of 
non-responsive, but his eyes are getting slightly wider as I keep telling him, like, he must not understand. And he was not laughing. And, and I kind of caught myself and I said, buddy, did you, did you know about this? He looks at me stone faced and says, why do you ask? And at that moment I realized you did this. You are five-year-old son who's been potty trained for multiple years. You are the poop culprit. We got him up out of bed and we made him come up and like help wipe down the furniture and help us clean it up. And then I said, this is really important. I need you. I need you to listen. I need you to tell me the truth. Is there poop behind any other furniture? And he, he looked at me silently, like he was really thinking and considering the question. And finally he just said, I don't think so. What was his logic? What did he tell you? At the time, I don't think we got any explanation. I think he was humiliated. I think he was so embarrassed that we had discovered it. Like he thought, <laughs> I don't know how he thought we were never going to find it. But what he told me this week, when I asked his permission to share the story on the podcast, we talked about it a little bit. And I was like, do you remember that time? Do you remember what you were thinking? And now at nine years old, he said, well, I, when I was playing upstairs, I really didn't like to stop playing, to go all the way downstairs to use the bathroom. And I think I just didn't want to stop playing. And that seemed easier. Do you think he thought it would just slowly disappear? I, I don't I know. Did. Or, or did he just not have the foresight to consider a next step? I'm not sure. But he was so calculating. I mean, the willpower on this child, <laughs> he was able to consistently poop in these small pellets that were so easy to hide. And the poop didn't really fit the profile of his normal poop. So he was sort of willing his body to create poop that he could hide most easily so he could stay upstairs and play. It's really impressive, honestly. (laughs) I think he was pooping in his underwear and then like reaching in and pulling it out with his hand and dropping it in what he thought was a discreet place and then going on playing. I think that was maybe the most horrifying part. Jonathan and Molly Ann have three kids now, and they've not shared the story with either of their younger ones yet. I can't wait till his college graduation <laughs> when you guys tell the story again. I will definitely find the picture by the time we put together the slideshow for graduation <laughs> and weddings and all that fun. When we come back, shit's going down. <laughs> Literally. And don't worry, I am not out of my crappy puns yet. Dung, go away. Say advertisement. Advertisement. Good job. Boo! Did I scare you guys? Because we are back, and I want to tell you another story. This is going back to a time after a new baby is born. You know, the time when you know what, can really hit the fan if you're not prepared. My name is Matt. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, and I have one daughter who's two and uh, one on the way coming February. So Sophie was born in September, and 
a couple weeks after she was born, we had like her baby naming. You know, we had a whole bunch of family come in and we had the baby naming at our apartment and everything went smoothly. It was a great time. I think it was a Sunday. So we decided to take a little walk um, in the, the Arboretum, which is this kind of big park. So we're walking. It's, it's a beautiful day, a little bit you know, chilly, late September, but it's fine. And she's got this beautiful little, like, Gita, my wife loves to dress her up. And, like, for occasions, it's like New Year's, is, um, holidays, whatever, like, dress her up, make her look really, you know, really cute. So the dress Sophie was wearing was black. It had kind of accents of red. I think there might have been tulle, that material that's kind of fluffy. She's probably, at this point, maybe three weeks old, maybe a month old. And so we're, we're walking in the Arboretum, and all of a sudden, you know, we start to smell the smell. We have the diaper bag, so we're like, all right, let's just find a place to do this. We're looking around. There's a lot of people around and a lot of benches taken, so there's just no – and, like, there, for some reason, we just – we weren't going to put her on the grass. I think it was kind of cold and, and wet or whatever. So we're looking for, like, a bench or a table or something. And we finally find this bench, and the bench was too narrow to put her down on. So I sit down on the bench, and I have her where she's on my lap, and, like, we're kind of, like, somewhat changing her in midair on my lap. And, like, I think this is going to be pretty straightforward. You know, we've only had her for about a month, so, like, we're still getting used to everything. As soon as we pull the dress down just a little bit, I hear this, like, <laughs> this, like spilling sound. Like, really loose mud hitting the ground. So my first thought is, what in the world is that sound? It's kind of so absurd of a sound that it's like, it can't be that. You know, it can't be what I think it is. And then my, my wife, Gita, like, looks down on the ground, and sure enough, there's just, just crap spilling out, like, pouring out the, the, the back of the diaper and, like, has made its way into the bottom part of the dress as well. <laughs> There's just, like, really runny poop, like, everywhere. So we're like, all right, let's just pull up the wipes, get the diaper, let's get the diaper off, let's do this. So we get her diaper off, and we had exactly one wipe. We forgot to check. We're new parents. Like, it's like you don't even really think about those things right away. And so there's one wipe, and there's there's like baby poop um, on her dress, all over her dress, like all up in inside her legs and everything, like on my pants, um, on Gita's coat now. At this point, her fa- her father and uh, and sister are just kind of like uh, kind of idly standing by, like not sure what to do. And actually, they don't really speak English that well, so they them and I don't even really communicate. So they were just like, okay, we're just going to stand back. And both of us, Gita and I are freaking out. We're starting to grab leaves from the ground. It's like fall to try to like wipe things. You know, we just like had that one wipe. And then um, Gita is much better about this than I, than I am. And to me, I don't even know. I can't stand. Like if I, if I pet a dog within the next, like before I eat something, I need to wash my hands. I'm not a germaphobe, but like I need things to be clean. We just, wiped with leaves in that one wipe as best we could. The last thing I want to do is like put her back in this in the baby carrier and there's just like now you get poop all over the baby carrier and stuff. I didn't even want to deal with that. So basically yeah, I just kinda of carried her back. We're like walking through this park. There's a lot of people walking around. 
and we're holding her at arm's length, just kind of fast walking, but she's crying and people are like, what is happening right there? It was just like, it was a mess. Whenever a disaster happened, Matt and his wife Gita filed it away to remember what to bring next time. Extra diapers, extra clothes, extra wipes. You know, you gotta be prepared. Their daughter Sophie is two years old now, and it's been a while since Matt's had to deal with the real blowout. He and Gita are expecting their second child in February. Meanwhile, in another part of Boston, a new dad faces a different kind of horror. The good news is this next story isn't about the kind of crap that comes from kids. But instead, it's about the crap you hear from other adults. My name is Graham Reed Jones. I currently live in the Boston, Massachusetts area. I am uh, 43 years old, and I'm a freelance writer and an archivist. My husband and I have one son uh, who's 21 months old now. His name is Alfie, short for Alfred, and he was born via surrogacy. When we flew home from Green Bay, Wisconsin, where he was born, through Atlanta, he was nine days old. So I'm like carrying this little peanut around the Atlanta airport. And he, uh, I, I went into the Delta Lounge with my son in order to change him in a, in a bathroom, thinking it would just be less crowded. The airport was a zoo. It's like two days before Christmas. I went in there. And I was actually, I think I had only changed two diapers previous to my son's birth. I'm an only child. And my husband is an only child. So it's not like we have nieces and nephews growing on trees that we can do, you know, that we would change diapers. And we learned in the hospital after he was born how to do everything and make sure, you know, we knew how to change his diaper. But I had been changing nine days' worth of diapers, so I was a seasoned professional by this point. <laughs> in the Delta Lounge, the geography of this happened to be that the table was kind of opposite the urinals. So I'm standing on one wall. It's like a long hallway. Uh, you know, a long room, and on one side there are urinals where men are coming and going, you know, you know, quickly. And then there were a, a line of people waiting, and then there's me, and so I kind of had this audience that was standing there, and I changed this little nine-day-old baby in front of everybody, and they just couldn't, they couldn't say enough. Oh boy, you're taking one for the team here. You know, wow, that. Your, your wife better uh, better better treat you well for doing this, or you got the turn this time. One guy specifically said, boy, she's got you doing this right out of the gate. You know, <laughs> that's not something I would do, you know. And the guy was probably like 60 or so. I, you know, I'm sort of standing there with my back to him trying to be nice, you know, trying to say like, oh yeah, okay, thanks a lot. I Like, it, it, it happened a lot. One time, my husband and I were walking around downtown, and we realized it was he was desperately needing a diaper change. And so we went into the bathroom, and it was in a hotel someplace. And I took him, and there was no changing table. And so I had to lay him down on the floor of a bathroom. So I got paper towels. I laid the baby down on the floor of the bathroom and changed his diaper. And this guy came in and basically said, why are you doing that? Can't you take him? Can't you take him into the into the women's room, or can't you have somebody take him into the women's room? And I said, "There's no woman here, and you know it's me and and my husband, and 
he just looked at me like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And I just, I, I mean, I was very close to, you know, saying something, but then I'm thinking, I don't want to start a fight. You know, that's, that's not appropriate. I'm not going to start a fight in front of my son and, you know, then, then what? <laughs> it's almost like I'm doing something that's, that's beneath me. When, when I am changing my son's diaper and, and another man comments on it, I feel like there's this aspect of you're better than this in their eyes, uh, but your wife's not. And that, that makes my skin crawl. That just really, that really angers me. My husband once told somebody when they said, you know, you should get your wife to do that. And he looked at me and he said, I'm a widower. And it shut them right up. <laughs> I was like, that was good. That was good. (laughs) When we come back, whiffs of a childhood memory haunts a past guest of this show. Is he just becoming an old fart? Don't poop out. Stay with us. Can you say advertisements? Advertisements. (laughs) Longest Shortest Time is also brought to you by Undeniably Dairy. Stay tuned to the end of this episode for a special interview with cow nutritionist Rosemary Zimbelman. We'll hear about her unique career path and the types of diets cows like to eat on a farm. Head to undeniablydairy.org slash devoted to learn more about the people behind the real fresh dairy foods on your plate. That's undeniablydairy.org slash devoted. <laughs> We're back. And I have good news. This next story isn't exactly about poop. Okay, but it is related. A while back, Dan Pashman, the host of the Sporkville podcast and a past guest here at The Longest Shortest Time, he told me he really, really needed to tell me something. But he wanted to make sure that this story would be captured on tape. Are we recording? Yeah. Is this happening? Yeah. We normally do What's Up With Hillary, but today we're doing... What's up with Dan? What's up with Dan? What's up? Okay, what's up with Dan? So I grew up in suburban New Jersey, and we had this tradition in my family. Sunday mornings, my dad would take me and my brother out for breakfast. And it would always be either the diner or McDonald's. If we went to McDonald's, my dad would always get the Egg McMuffin. And he would eat the Egg McMuffin, and then what would happen after that is we'd get in the car and we would drive home, which is a short drive. But I have a very vivid memory of those car rides home of my dad's farts. (laughs) It was a very specific odor, very sharp. Like, you know, it was a a, a piercing sort of of a smell. It was sulfuric. I think, you know, the sort of processed McDonald's egg was in there. There was something kind of like a, a sharp, funky cheese aroma going on. It's a coffee in McDonald's. I mean, this is not a this is not messing around kind of fart. It even smelled hot. You know, like it, like you knew you knew by the smell that it felt hot when it came out. In my sense memory, I have encoded that smell as the McDonald's fart, and like that smell of my dad's McDonald's fart. It's like it stay those things stay with you. The dad fart is the king of farts. At least it wasn't my family. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. (laughs) I mean, it's just that there was nothing worse in our entire lives, yeah, than a dad fart. And 
Yeah, I think I could still smell my dad's farts if I think about it. Oh my God! <laughs> this is a nightmare! Why are we talking about this? So, just a few weeks ago, I'm in my kitchen. Kids are asleep, doing the dishes. I'm tidying up in the kitchen. My wife's in the, in the next room doing some work. And I farted. And Dan. I, sorry. And I smelled my own fart, and it hit me, this rush of, of nostalgia and sense memory. It was a McDonald's fart. <laughs> It was my dad's McDonald's fart. Okay, did you did you have McDonald's? That I, day? I, I had not had McDonald's. I don't know. I don't even remember what I ate. I just know that this was identical. I, I had farted my dad's fart. Had you seen your dad recently? You know, we're mostly microbes. <laughs> you know, like if you exchange bacteria with your family members. No, no, no. I had not seen him. I had not seen him recently. And, you know, I, the only thing I can think of is that it must be that, like, yes, like, we share DNA, and uh, uh, perhaps there were other foods that made him fart that fart, but I just never made that connection as a child. So also, br- now you're the age that he was when he used to be farting those farts? Exactly. Exactly. And then, a couple hours later, it's bedtime, I go upstairs, I'm brushing my teeth, getting ready for bed. My wife comes up, she comes into the room, and she goes... You're not going to believe what just happened. I said, what? She goes, I just farted a fart, and it smelled exactly like my mom's farts. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, you, I don't believe this. I swear to I you. I don't believe I that. Swear. <laughs> Here's the thing that I really took away from my and my wife's channeling our parents through our farts experience. As much as it was, felt kind of strange and a little unsettling to have the presence of your parents. Both of our our parents are are still with us, thankfully. But to have their presence so like viscerally summoned through our own bodies was a powerful experience. And I, I kid you not, I actually had the thought, when they're gone, this might be all we have left of them. This is how we will reconnect with them. This is how we will feel like they're still with us. It's through the McDonald's part. Did you tell your dad? I haven't talked about this with him yet. We haven't we haven't broached this this top topic on a relationship. Yeah. As your parents get older, their own mortality becomes a sensitive subject. And so the idea of of the I you know, I don't know how he would feel about knowing that I will remember him through his farts. Yeah, maybe one day after a funeral, you and your wife can go to the McDonald's drive-through together. Buy as many Egg McMuffins as they'll sell you. That's right. Close all the windows in the car. Just go for a ride. And trap your children in the back seat so that they will someday be able to remember you guys the same way. (laughs) Dan Pashman is the host of The Sporkful. It's a podcast all about eating. you and your wife and then you said "Ah, I gotta tell this on longest shortest I know I was like I gotta talk to Andrea about this this is perfect (laughs) for her show we wanna hear from you what's the scariest thing you found inside or outside your kid's diaper tell us in the comments for this episode that's episode number 176 and happy Halloween 
And as a special Halloween treat, be sure to check out the Longest Shortest Time Instagram account to see the winners of our virtual costume contest. This episode was produced by me, Andrea Salenzi with Jackie Sajiko. Our show's creator and executive producer is Hilary Frank. Our engineers are Pete Karam and Jared O'Connell. Our music is performed by hotmoms.gov. We get editorial support from Peter Clowney, Antonia Akatunde, Anne-Marie Baldonado, Ray Murthy, and Julia Wang. Next time on The Longest Shortest Time, it's election season, and there are more women running than ever before. And a lot of them are moms. So I remember I told my friend that I was pregnant, and her first immediate response was, well, when are you going to drop out of the race? And what I said to her was, well, why would I have to do that? And she says, well, you're working full time as a criminal defense attorney. Um, You're married now. You know, you're a new mom and you're running for office. That's a lot. Um, I don't see how you can do that, how you can be successful in doing all of that. Something has to give. Do not miss this episode. Subscribe to The Longest Shortest Time on Stitcher or wherever you're listening right now. And as always, here at The Longest Shortest Time, we want to hear your stories. Go to longestshortesttime.com, hit the participate tab, and submit your story. Stitcher. I say it. Okay.